Ready? Hello, spooky friends. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty and the Screams. Yeah. We've got your hostesses here. This is Emily. And this is Jennifer. And anybody that has not been listening, but is now just becoming a member of the Scream Squad. Oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. The Scream Squad? I like it. Good yeah. job. Welcome. Oh my god, I can see it now. Hashtag Scream Squad. I need a pen. I gotta write that shit down. Scream I mean, Squad. We could always be the Scream... I mean, you can be the Scream Queens of the Scream Squad. I mean, we could. Well, obviously, we're the queens. We run this bitch. Well, obviously. Okay, so I gotta tell you. I got these... Moonology cards, which I know you knew I ordered them because you were here when I ordered them. Because this is I ordered them way before our lovely, lovely quarantine. Are you gonna do another reading on me, bitch? Yes, bitch. Okay, so first I'm gonna kind of read about the cards, and then I'm gonna tell you. I'll tell you my reading, and then we'll do yours. Okay. So. Okay. <clears throat> so you can use these cards three different ways. One, you can use it as long and you, if you think about the cards that you're drawing, you can decide if you like the direction that you're currently making for yourself in your life. Yeah. Um, and it will tell you like if you think if it thinks that you need to like make some tweaks to the plan to help with the path that you're on. The path um, of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And then the second way, um, the cards will always tell you the truth. And they can help you make solid plans with your life. So, like, if you are thinking, hey, like, maybe I should do this, then you can ask the cards and they will tell you, like, whether they think that's a good idea or not. And then the third way is you can kind of, once you've become comfortable with them, you can actually use them to predict things that will happen in your life, too. So... Oh shit! Shake that ass, so, mom. Move it like a gypsy. Stop. Whoa, back it up now. Let me see your hips swing. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I was sitting here dancing to that, but anyway. <laughs> um, so obviously we're not that comfortable with them because this is the first two readings that I've done. But hey, we'll go along with it. How do you so, ever get better if you don't do them? Right. So before you can do a reading, you have to. Bless the cards. Bless them. Which I've blessed yours already and done this, but I'm going to kind of read to you what you have to do so you know. Well, let me, let me say now. I bless you, cards. Cards, you have been blessed by the best. Oh, my God. Okay, so. (laughs) In the Midwest. In order to bless the cards, you have to hold the deck in one hand with the cards face down and then slowly and gently, like, and mindfully because you have to sit there and breathe nicely and do your thing but then take one one card at a time and place them all face down on the table like one on top of of each other and then once that's done then you repeat that process again but with the cards face up looking at each card face as you go like just so you kind of get yourself in the zone and then once you've completed this you should take the stack of cards in your hand and clasp them in both hands and you're supposed to say something like this. Beautiful cards, I ask you to lead me in the right direction with good advice for me and anyone else who seeks guidance from you. Thank you for always showing me gently whatever I need to know as I read you. I trust you and so it is, 
so it be. And so it be. Yep, and it says in the instructions to make sure that any feelings that you get while you're, like, receiving <coughs> your reading, you should honor those feelings and take them seriously. So, all right, Always. so I'm going to... I'm going to start kind of like sliding the cards through my hand. Um, so tell me when you want me to stop, and that will help me split the deck so I know where to start for your reading. Okay. Or should I read you mine first? Well, you've already started in mine. Okay, so let's do yours first. Tell me when. Stop. Okay. No, no. Do this nice little ten card spread here for you. All right. You ready for this, boo? Yes, hit me. Hit okay, me. so your first card in the Celtic cross spread um, is supposed to signify your present. Um, so it's like wherever you're at right now in your life. And it, the card says, nothing is yet set in stone. So currently, so currently your, in your present, nothing is set in stone. So you can pretty much do whatever you want, like... I think it's basically saying, like, um, I do what I want. Yep. And so card number two is supposed to signify a challenge. And the mm -hmm. card says it's time to take action. Ooh. Card number three is supposed to signify the past. And that one says the end of a tough cycle approaches. The end of what? The end of a tough cycle approaches. Oh. Mhm. Mm and then, uh, blah, 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 blah. card number four is supposed to signify your recent past, so like stuff that's like just happened. Okay. Um, and it says a time for healing. Huh. Um, number five is the outcome if nothing else changes. So like if you keep um going the way you are, a win-win outcome is forecasted. Oh, so whether I choose a different path or I continue on with what I'm doing. And then... Oh, that's what mama needs to hear. Yes. And then number six is supposed to be your path to the future. And it says to show the world the real you. So uh, if you show the world the real you, then I don't, guide the, the, your path to the future. I don't think I've ever not shown the world the real me. It's so. really true. You've pretty much always just been you. Um, I'm raw, baby. Yeah. So like a like an uncooked egg. <laughs> so the seventh card is supposed to tell you like more about yourself, and uh -huh. the seventh card is says confidence is your key to success. Fucking right. And then card number eight, which is supposed to tell you more about your current situation. Um, and it says that you bring love into any situation. Aw, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like we had some cards in common, actually. Hmm. Maybe not. Oh, we did, kind of, but they're different orders. Okay, so anyway. Which one did I just read? Oh, yeah, the love so the situation. Okay. So then card number nine is supposed to be, like, for your hopes and fears. And it says that it is time to release negativity. Yeah? Well, it, mm -hmm. 
yeah, I guess. I, I don't think I really, well, I do kind of dwell on the negative sometimes. Ooh, but then for your final outcome, it says that it, adjustments are required. On my meds? Okay, so now I'm going to tell you what my reading was that I did um, before I did yours, actually. Tell us, tell us, tell yeah. us. So um, my card that was in position one that talks about, like, my present um, says that energy is gaining momentum. Energy so. is gaining momentum. Mm-hmm. So apparently I'm, like, building up to something. Don't know what that something is yet, but I'm building up to something. Um, you're building up to becoming a world-renowned artist. I mean, maybe. That could be it. Card number two is the challenge in my life, and it says a fiery climax approaches. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, so, I have wished for a fiery climax for a long time, but, you know. <laughs> Disappointment sucks. I know. You're the one that gets it. <laughs> like, you're already married. Why do you get everything? So... My card for the past, I feel, was kind of interesting because it says meditate and contemplate. Ooh, meditate, mm -hmm. contemplate. And then for the recent past, my card says that conclusions are within reach. So what, what are some, like, questions that you have then? What are the conclusions you need to draw? Yeah, I'm not sure. I got to think about that. Um, so card five, which is about the outcome, if nothing else in my life changes, and it says to expect powerful change. Well, I'd hope you get powerful change. You deserve be powerful nice. change. Like you're going to get power with this change. Apparently. Well, I think I know what it is then. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then my path to the future card says that balance, that I need to balance spirituality and practicality. Girl, you need to balance emotionality and I don't know. <laughs> so maybe. <laughs> um, so and then card number seven is supposed to tell more about me. And it says that I bring love into the situation. Which is the same so card you, you had. So you got the same card as me. Yeah, but yours was in a different um, position. Yours was in position eight, mine was in seven. Let's see, and then for me, as far as m more about the situation, um, it says adjustments are required. What? Adjustments? So. What adjustments? Should, I don't know. We'll see. Probably I need to focus a little bit more on my art and stop d doing all the other stupid shit. Um, and then number nine, which is my hopes and fears, it says, take time to breathe out. I feel like sometimes you really do need to take some time to fucking just chill, not get, like, worked up about stuff. Yeah. Um, Coming from someone who's known you my entire life, I've, I think other than mom and grandma and grandpa, I've known you the longest. Probably. Honestly, you probably know me and understand me better than anybody else does, but maybe that's just my opinion. 
Let's see. And then the final outcome of the reading says to believe in the impossible. You should believe in the impossible. Like me telling you, you're going to become a world-renowned artist. Get yourself out there. Do your thing, honey. Exactly. So, yeah, that's Moonology. I actually really kind of like these cards. They're pretty great. That's pretty cool, though. I like that. And I feel like it's pretty accurate to each situation, like, individually. Yeah. The only thing is, I don't think I've ever been less myself. And I don't think that... I really don't think I dwell on the negativity that much, especially anymore. No, I've gotten a lot better at it. Like, a lot better. Sometimes I still catch myself, but I can usually fix the path once I catch it, so... The really interesting thing, which I don't know if I've told you about this but like I've been waking up feeling like super panicked which I'm not not used to that like I always feel panicked when I wake up like there's something I need to be doing did I forget something stuff like that and usually there is something I forgot or something I didn't do or something you know whatever yeah but I've been waking up like that and I lay here and I'm like what's going on like what What am I forgetting? And I lay there and I'm like, nothing is wrong. Everything is great. Like, this is honestly the closest to perfect that my life has ever been. I mean, so it's not perfect, but obviously. (laughs) But it's like, it's nice to be able to be like, oh shit, you know, for once things are calm and I'm not stressed out. I don't have anxiety about things. I'm not worried about stuff. I, like, for once I just feel at ease I don't know it's just it's just nice like I feel like personally myself I feel like I'm in a really good place also like I can't explain it I don't know whatever but it's just like I'm whatever with myself I think it's because when you're in a mental place where things are good everything else doesn't seem so bad because of course if you're upset about stuff or worrying about things that's all gonna alter your your mental state but Once you get to that place where you've accepted the things you can't change and you change the things that you can, you're better off. Yeah, and I decided no more fucking boys in my life because all boys do is make me stress the fuck out. So from this point forward, I'm abstinent from boys. I'm joining a convent. I'm going to be a tatted up nun. And there's nothing to do about it. Dude, so... I told you about me having to stay home from work for a few days. So we talked about that. I mean, you and I have talked about that. But I am so bored. Yesterday, I played Sea of Thieves all day long. Literally. What is that? So it is a first-player game, but you get on there and you're playing with people from all over the place. So... Like, everybody goes to the same area, and you're sailing around on boats, and you loot things, and you complete quests, and you find treasure, and you can upgrade your ship and stuff. And I have pets on my ship. That's cool. Yeah, I have a cat, and his name is Sir Gustafson. Um, speaking of cats, <laughs> I found a TikTok channel just yeah. of this cat called Sir Pounce a lot. Oh my god, that is, is that so not great. The cutest name, and he's a that mean is. fucking cat. But and he literally looks identical to Figaro, just more white. 
Because you know how Figaro is like dark on top and white on the bottom. That Neapolitan ice cream. Well, this cat is like, has the same facial markings as Figaro, but it's like completely white from like the head down. So I should start this conversation with, we bought another Xbox because we had issues. Oh my God. (laughs) So anyway, so So I have. So are you going to like throw me your 360? Uh, well, right now it's hooked up in the living room so that we can still play zombies whenever, um, you're able to come back over here. Bitch, you I mean, know you can literally put the di- oh, you don't have- you have discless. Yeah, they're discless ones, so I can't do that. But, um, I mean, I could buy it and download it, but... Well, I was gonna tell you, if you're gonna buy and download a game, especially since you've been kind of, like, gaming on your own, yeah. um, you should, from the Play Store, download Alice Madness Returns. Because that game is fucking awesome. The graph, like the graphics are like mediocre, but the storyline's amazing. Like the weapons she has are so cool. Like she has a like horse head, you know, like a carousel horse head attached to a stick, and she like beats people with it. She has a knife. Uh, it's called a vorpal blade, and she has a parasol that she can like deflect enemies like shooting stuff at her and shoot it back at them, and I'm trying to think what else she has. She has a pepper grinder as a gun and like a teapot as a cannon, a cannon thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the storyline's awesome. Like basically she, her family died in a house fire and she saw the whole thing happen. But like her PTSD or whatever made her suppress the memory. And she's like going through Wonderland trying to remember what happened and how her family died because she blames herself. Yeah. And it's really cool. I I mean, I played it back in, like, 2010 when, or maybe even longer than that. But, and I haven't played it since. Well, I took my Xbox to work, and I was like, well, my tray is broken, so, like, it won't come out. So I downloaded it for, like, 20 bucks from the Play Store, and I've been playing it again. Yeah. I was, Man, I fucking love this game. This is a great game. Sea of Thieves has taken some getting used to, but, like, we got on yesterday morning, and then we just played literally all day, but, like, oops, I just dropped the cap off my pen, but, um, (laughs) like, there's stuff in there for, like, everybody, so, like, David will go on there, like, we'll get on the same boat together, and then he will do all of his quests, and then I'll do, like, side quests off the same boat, so, like, I'll be fishing and selling my fish, and, um, doing all this other stuff, and we share the loot, so then we can buy the things that we want to buy. Wait, 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 wait. You guys don't pillage and plunder? Girl, yesterday, we got pissed off because somebody sunk our boat. So we went (laughs) and... So we got another boat, and then hunted down these people, and then parked our boat away from theirs on, like, the other side of the island, and then went across the island, boarded their boat, and sunk it. (laughs) Y'all some salty-ass bitches. I, uh, I took... Because, like, you can only carry so many, like, explosives and stuff at a time because you got to carry everything in your pockets. So I took five um, little, like, firebombs, and then went in, went down the... Because th- their ship was a big ship. Like, theirs had three decks, and, like, mine technically does too, but mine's a little sloop because it's for two people. But yeah. these four those four people on their giant, um, giant boat were off on the island doing quests, and we snuck onto their boat and fucking sunk the shit. It was great. So you guys, like, waited for them to get off the ship? Yeah. I'm sure you saw my Facebook status about what happened to me at Hy-Vee. Yeah, yeah. 
So I feel like I should give the lowdown to maybe some people that didn't see my post. Yeah. Since we have some fans in Ireland and just pretty fucking sweet, let me say. Yes. And so you wouldn't know what happened to me, my little Irish pals. So I'm at the gas station and I had went in and I had orders for myself and two other people. So I'm in this rush. Like I grab my 20 ounce fucking sugar-free Red Bull and I was supposed to get cigarettes for this other person. And then I was supposed to get a one liter of Pepsi for the other person. So I grab my Red Bull, run to the counter. He's ringing me up. And I realized at that time, because I'd said I had three bills to him. And then I was like, wait, where's my third? You know, so I was like, while my card is running, I'm going to run over there and grab what I need out of the cooler. So it's those cooler doors that, like, you grab one side, it opens to the left. You grab the other side, it opens to the right. Well, I'm running, not paying attention to what I'm doing, like, full sprint to the cooler. I grab the handle and rip it open, and instead of it opening to the left of me, it opens towards me, and I full-on cold-cocked myself with the fucking door. I, like, knocked myself backwards, and I was, like, stunned. I literally stood there, and I was like, oh, my God. Instant splitting headache. And, of course, I run to the counter, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm such a spaz. I'm such a spaz. And the guy's like, it's okay. And I kept saying, I can't believe I'm such a spaz. And he was finally like, he's like, what did you do, if you don't mind me asking? I said, I just almost knocked myself the fuck out with your cooler door. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God. I said, yeah, thank God I was wearing my glasses because it kind of, like, stopped it from hitting me so much. Yeah. But, oh, my God. First of all, I was mortified. But then at the same time, I was like, if I would have seen somebody do that, I would have been like, holy shit, and been, like, dying laughing. So I was like, I really hope somebody saw so they could go, like, tell people about the stupid girl at the gas station. (laughs) I hope somebody did, too. So I have to tell you that this whole, like, quarantine thing has been kind of nice for, like, my bonding with my pets. Has it? It has been. So, like, basically, Abby does not love me that much anymore. She sticks with David constantly. I'm a little bit upset with that, but Abby she's, still my, me. she's still my bitch. But um, but Cooper, like, obviously he's not in here right now because he's annoying when I'm trying to record. But, like, Cooper usually comes in and will lay on the floor, like, next to the bed or on the end of the bed. Like, just stay in the room with me. But... Gypsy and I have been hanging out a lot, and it's been fantastic. So we we go outside every day for, like, 30 minutes and hang out in the yard. So cause I put her little cute rainbow harness on her and her cute little rainbow leash, and we go sit outside. And Just she be plays really in. careful because she can get worms from the soil. Yeah, I know. But we, uh, we go out there, and she, like, runs around in the grass and, like, pounces on bugs, and it's fantastic. Did I tell you what I ordered for my cat? You did, but you didn't tell everybody else. Okay, so I've always wanted, because Figaro loves car rides. Like, it's his favorite. He will, he's literally like a dog. He puts his little paws up on the windows, like, looking out at everything. He loves it. And I love to go for walks, and I've been trying to, like, exercise more, and I've always wanted a cat stroller, like, I could zip him into. And... I was like, you know what? I just got stimulated. I just got my taxes. Like, here we go. So not only did I order Figaro, like a 
fancy. I got a fancy one because I wanted cup holders and shit, you know. Yeah. And so I ordered this cat stroller, well, pet stroller. And then I also ordered him a completely mesh outdoor cat playpen because he likes to be outside and, like, lay in the sun. But I always worry about him, like, getting away and dying. Yeah, so now he can, like, go sit in the yard with me. He can do his thing and be with me all the time. I could push him around stores. He's so cute. I honestly should put a picture of all the rest of our pets on our Instagram. Oh, that would great. Yeah, we should do, like, a pet appreciation post and be like, hey, these are the animals we're always talking about. Yeah, I'm going to have pictures of Ubi and Koopy and Gypsy and Ollie and well, Cairo. and already and... pictures of Gypsy on our Instagram. I know, but we can do, like, everyone. <laughs> all the animals. All the animals Obviously, Figaro will be wearing a crown because he is the king. Everybody. Check out the PFPN. It is our new podcast network that we have joined. Um, you can go to www.the, so obviously, T-H-E, P as in Peter, F as in frog, P as in platypus, N as in Nicaragua. Nicaragua? Yeah. Check it out because it's really awesome. I don't know where the fuck you come up with these. Um words from but i love them you know it's me very random every week it's like you fly by the seat of your pants and come up with some great shit it's true so yes check out the pfpn do it do it do it do it now do it good you're listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. So I guess it's time to just jump into this week's topic since we have very much been rambling for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so this week we decided to do fucked up stories from hotels. Now, this was also like last week, broad topic. We could do haunted hotels, crazy shit, just crazy shit that happens in hotels. My topic person thing I chose was H.H. Holmes which was actually the first documented serial killer in the United States. Ooh. And he's actually considered to be one of the worst serial killers, like most just like twisted. So anyway, we're just going to jump in. So we all have heard of H.H. Holmes, I assume, which is really kind of funny because I'm trying to remember when our mom texts me and said something about H.H. Holmes, and I was like, yeah, whatever, and I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> so I Googled him, and I was like, oh, this motherfucker is crazy! If you haven't heard of him, you're about to learn about him. So he was actually born Herman Webster Mudgett, and he was born in New Hampshire on May 16, 1861. So this is an old-ass motherfucker. 
So, like, his life started out like everybody else's. You know, you're born. (laughs) You're born. Uh, I didn't come across anything that said, like, because you know how they say a lot of serial killers, like, when they're born. Or not when they're born. How they say a lot of serial killers when they're young, like, torture animals, do, like, perverse shit. Well, there's nothing about that, but also it was, like, the 1800s, so. I mean, yeah, that's true. But generally, his life seemed pretty normal. And so, but some so basically, he was terrified actually of the town doctor mm-hmm. and some of like the hooligans, you know, bullies of the town locked him in the doctor's office with a skeleton. Oh, and no. this is supposed to have like miraculously cured him of his fear. So he. Graduated high school, married a woman named Clara Lovering, and he had a child with her, a boy, I'm pretty sure. And he ended up abandoning his wife and child and went to attend the University of Michigan Medical School. Ooh. Yeah, well, where he learned about dissection. And also during this time period, he learned a great deal about fraud. And he became a real fraudulent, conning motherfucker. Um, He became a traveling book salesman where he would pocket the money for himself. And he was said to be very charismatic and and had a masterful personality. So he could pretty much con anyone. Most of his cons were insurance related where he would steal cadavers from the school and mutilate their bodies beyond recognition and then pretend that it was a victim of an accident to collect on the insurance money. That's crazy. Yeah, well, it's not even as crazy as it gets, so get ready. Buckle up for safety, motherfuckers. So, in 1885, he moved to Illinois, to Chicago, actually, where he changed his name to H.H. Holmes. Then it was to pay respect to the infamous English detective fictional detective Sherlock Holmes and then when he moved there that was when he began working at a pharmacy near Jackson Park Uh, the owner Mrs. Holton sold the pharmacy to Holmes when her husband died and basically her stipulation was okay I sell this to you but I still want to live in my apartment yeah of course he says sure Stay in your apartment. I'm going to buy this pharmacy. Blah, 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 blah. Well, all of a sudden, where did Mrs. Holm... Did I say Holton? Holton? Miss, where did Mrs. Holton go? Oh. She moved to California. Air quotes. Oh. <laughs> so at this time, despite the fact that Holmes is still married to Clara, he marries another woman... Named Murda Belknap. Murda? Yep. Murda. That's a sexy name. I know. So they moved into the, into the apartment above the pharmacy. And Murda was starting to get, like, real sick and tired of all the young women coming into the pharmacy and flirting with her motherfucking husband. She's like, nah, bitch. I'm knocked up. Like, I'm, like, seven months pregnant. I ain't skinny like you right now, but bet. You better not be fucking flirting with my husband but no she basically gets so fed up that she leaves and moves back in with her parents so she dipped she was like bouncing 
bouncing. I'm about to throw a couple thousand. And so they said that Holmes enjoyed the arrangement because he would still go visit his wife and visit his child. But he liked the fact that there was that distance between them. Yeah, he had that, like, freedom to pretty much be able to do what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And so the fuck he did. So he purchased land and began the construction of the World's Fair Hotel, which oh. was a three-story building, 162 feet long, 50 feet wide, and the address was at 611 West 63rd Street in Chicago, Illinois. And the first floor contained businesses, so there was a drugstore, a candy store, a barber shop, a restaurant, a jewelry store, and a tent smith just in the first floor of this building. Nice. Yes. And then the second floor was um, hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. And the third floor was more like permanent living, like apartments. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Okay. This motherfucker would turn men away, would not let men stay at his hotel, move in, anything. All he allowed was young women. Oh. Yes. And it says that he said he forgave women of all their debts that had just so happened to leave without paying. Nobody knew where they went and left all of their belongings behind. I mean, yeah, let, let me just bail out, bounce out of here, and I'm just going to leave all my shit with you. Hell no, motherfucker, you killed me. Yeah. So the third floor was built. Um, actually, it was built as an extension. So when it started, it was just two stories. Okay. And the third floor was built as an extension to the building. Okay. So there was, the windows were covered in sheet iron, preventing anyone from going out the windows. Oh, fuck. Yep. The foundation of the basement of the building was made of stone. There was a labyrinth of staircases. Some of them led to dead ends. Some of them, like, it's crazy. There I'm just doors. imagining it now, like, what would happen in that house. Right. There were doors that opened up to brick walls. So imagine you're running from this dude. Like, you think you're going to get away. You throw open a door and boom, dead end brick walled what do you do die yeah that's crazy so and there were switches on the walls in every room to control the heat gas and electricity but Holmes had the power to override any of these controls depriving tenants of heat and light and on the third floor there was a large steel vault walls made completely out of steel and it was soundproof and airtight there was a drum waiter on the third floor that went all the way down to the basement. The majority of the rooms included trap doors with chutes dropping down to the basement as well. Some rooms were metal plated. The basement included a laboratory where homes, Ooh. I guess, created like this magic tonic that cured you of a hangover, which I mean, I would like that recipe. So. Yeah. And there were stairs that led to the alley behind the establishment, bolts on the wall that had handcuffs and chains hanging from them. Jesus. Uh, yeah. A lot of doors to the rooms could only be opened from the outside. And the majority of the second floor was soundproof. That's fucking yeah, crazy. So there was a hanging room 
Okay. A torture rack, a gas chamber, a quick lime pit, and an iron and ironclad walls to prevent people from escaping. And to make matters even creepier, there was also a kiln in the basement that he said that he used to bend glass, but it was not the size of a kiln to bend glass. It was big enough to fit a body inside. Gee, many Christmas. Dude, I feel like he built himself like a unimaginably like fun and twisted like murder area. Yeah, that's why it's called H.H. H. Holmes Murder Castle. Like, he's sitting there and he's like, man, I feel like killing somebody today. Let's see who's going to be my lucky, lucky hotel guest that I'm going to go after. Well, just wait till the end. You're about to get your mind blown. So some of the accounts of Holmes' murders range from murdering his mistress, Julia Smith, and her daughter, Pearl. So Julia became pregnant. You know, and he basically was like, hey, baby, I'll marry you, but only if you have an abortion. And only if you let me perform that abortion. Oh, Jesus. So basically, kills her, kills her daughter, Pearl. And when people would ask him whatever happened to Julia and her daughter, he would say, oh, they moved back to Iowa. Like, wouldn't you think that people would be wondering or questioning, like, how all these people in his life just move away? Huh. Well, people start getting suspicious a little bit later on. So, two more women he murdered, Emmeline Sigran and Minnie Williams. And he even went to the extent with Emmeline of making fake wedding announcements and creating this fictional man and sending them to her family. That's crazy. And then Minnie Williams had signed over her land in Texas to him. Mm-hmm. And in 1893, people began to catch on to the fact that crazy shit was happening. People were disappearing. You know, so he was basically summoned to George Chamberlain's office. And, of course, he put on the charm. You know, that charm I was telling you about. Yeah. <laughs> put on the charm. And so, of course, they ask him, you know, will you step out in the hallway while we decide what we're going to do? Like, from this point forward, stupidest choice ever. Of course, he flees. You don't tell somebody who you think murdered tons of people, please step out in the hallway while we decide what we're going to do with you. Yeah. So, yeah, he escapes and he heads for Texas with his business associate, Benjamin Pitezel? I think so. That's right. Pitezel? Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, here's the thing about Benjamin. He's married. He has five children. But with him being Holmes, like, business partner, assistant, whatever he was, obviously he knew what Holmes was doing to some extent, and he was basically, like, a con artist with Holmes. Mm-hmm. So they decided together, like usual, that they were going to fake Benjamin's death. And he was going to get a cadaver, and he was going to mutilate it like before, and they were going to collect, I think it was either 10000 or $10 million. I'm sure it's probably 10000 because that time period. Yeah, but, probably. Um, they were going to collect on his life insurance policy and split the money. Or this is what... 
Benjamin thought was going to happen. But nope. <laughs> Holmes chloroformed Benjamin and then set his body on fire. And he's still collected from his life insurance policy without letting his family know that he died. And so then he cons the mother, the wife, into letting three of their children come to Texas to see their not-murdered father. Wow. So Alice, Nellie, and Howard went with Holmes. So we're going to, like, backtrack a tiny bit because when Holmes moved to Texas, he had began constructing another murder castle that was even bigger, was supposed to be even more extravagant and fucked up. But the locals were starting to, like, question things, mm-hmm. and he started to worry, so he just, like, fled. He yeah. quit construction, left, whatever. So Frank Dyer began tracking Holmes' journey. He found the murdered bodies of Alice and Nellie in a cellar in Toronto. And Holmes had then taken Howard, the son, Mm -hmm. to Indianapolis, where he killed the boy and burned his body. That's insane. Yeah. So Holmes was apprehended on November 17th, 1894, He was tried and sentenced, and he was sentenced to death, being hung. Yeah. But after his conviction, a search of the murder castle began, and there they found eight ribs in a vat of acid, charred high heel shoes, and various bones in the glass-bending kiln. Oh, no. Yep. He admitted to 27 murders. But the thing about it that was so interesting is he admitted to a lot of murders that the people were actually still alive. So, really, there's no way to know how many people that he killed. Because nine of the murders were accounted for. So, he admitted to 27 of them. But then later admitted that he, like, figured he killed close to 200 people. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And historians are very skeptical about the 200 number. They don't believe that that could have happened. But, like, I'm just going to say it happened. He killed 200 people. I mean, honestly, if you have yourself set up a perfect, like, death hotel, like, yeah. But what I want to know is, how the fuck did he get that stuff in there? Without people being like, why is he purchasing acid? Why is he having us install a kiln? Like, I don't well, know. it was uh, like 1800s. Like they, he had a kiln installed because he wanted to bend glass. He, That's true. He was buying acid because he owns he a building, a and why not? Like, yeah, like nobody is gonna question it at that point. Like, well, now I know I need to go to school and get my doctorate. There you go. I can just start killing bitches and no one will question me. Yeah. But in 2017, so the great, great grandson of H.H. Holmes Mm -hmm. came out with diaries of H.H. Holmes where he described himself viciously murdering prostitutes in London. Mm -hmm. So basically... 
he was Jack the Ripper. I mean, it's very possible that he could have been. Right. Well, his descendants are, like, dead set on the fact that he was Jack the Ripper. They're like, no, I have proof. I have journal entries, like, diaries of him admitting that he's Jack the Ripper. You know they have a documentary on that, um, on the History Channel? I did not know that. Yeah, like, they have a thing where they go through and they talk about how, like, the connection between H.H. Holmes and Jack the Ripper, and they, like, show you diagrams and stuff of what the house was like, and... Well, I watched a lot of, like, they did, like, a... Because the the building is torn down now, because the government purchased the building. They tore down the murder castle. The only thing that still, like, remains of the castle is the basement. And they built a post office over it, and... They've let one ghost hunting crew come in, and that was ghost hunting crew from the History Channel, so that's probably what it's from. Yeah. And they've never allowed anybody else in there, never let anyone tour it, anything. But they say, like, the land is super haunted, which, I mean, if he did kill that many people, fuck yes, it's that haunted. It would have to be, you would think, but... Right. I just don't... I question young women's judgment back in those days why wouldn't you be like why ain't there no sexy men in this apartment or in this hotel like mama was hoping to get lucky i don't want to touch well i wonder if he was supposed to have been like super attractive or something he could have been he could have been very attractive and charismatic and all the women wanted him and yeah like fucking ted bundy yeah even though honestly i do not find ted bundy attractive but maybe for no. his time period, he was attractive. But did you did you watch the um, movie that had Zac Efron in it, where he played him? Hell no, I didn't, because all I heard was bad shit about it. Oh, I watched it. Is it good? Um, It's not bad, honestly. Like, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's also, like, whatever. Not the but... best thing you've ever seen? Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, that's all I have on H.H. Holmes' murder castle, and I think it's pretty fucked up shit. Yeah, no fucking kidding. Like, that's that's some pretty intense shit. Like, to have a mind like that, like... Yeah. Like, that's so twisted. Like... Well, and then, and then him agreeing, like... To the fact that he would marry that woman, but he had to perform the abortion. So, obviously, that kind of, like, ties into, like, the Jack the Ripper shit. Because his stuff was, like, taking the sexual organs and stuff out of prostitutes. Yeah. Have you ever watched the movie From Hell with me, with Johnny Depp? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good-ass movie. Speaking of which... Excuse me, but I'm coming for Attack of the Killer podcast right now because their newest episode, they were talking shit about Johnny Depp. And I love that motherfucker. He's a great actor. So I don't know he, why everybody's hating on him. He is. Like, I, I don't, he takes all of these, like, and, like, they're completely different roles and he can completely morph himself into that person. Yes, like, he is so great at Jack Sparrow. Oh, my God, one of my favorite fictional characters. Like, he's so funny. I don't know. I love him. Mom loves him. That's all that matters. You love him. Yeah. Johnny Depp for life, bitch. Yeah. 
All right, so um, if you go up the river here a ways and you go up to Dubuque and cross the river there, there's a town called Galena, Illinois. <gasps> Galena? Mm-hmm. And in Galena, Illinois, lies the DeSoto House Hotel. And it has loads of history as well as some lurking spirits that are not, not afraid to make themselves known. This hotel was used frequently around the time of the Civil War. Um, Abraham Lincoln delivered a speech from the hotel balcony there in 1856. And that was actually um, Ulysses, or General Ulysses S. Grant's um, hometown. And he stayed there frequently as well. And they actually had a um, big like welcome home reception for him there at the hotel after the war was over. But the hotel was a grand five-story hotel that was often used for political and social events. So this hotel is like super, super old, and they used it for lots of fun, cool things. Like, I guess there was a um, person that was running for president that did a speech off the balcony at that hotel once. Oh, fancy, Um, fancy, fancy. Yeah. Five-star. During the, like peak of all of its use, the DeSoto Hotel experienced a fire and a boiler room explosion all within a 10-year time period. Damn, maybe that's a Mm -hmm. sign you should close that shit down. Yeah. And then as the country began to transition away from using steamboats and then the train tracks were becoming installed all across the country, Galena stopped being used as, like, a main port because up until this point, like... I was, or the up, okay, so the upper Mississippi region, like, Dubuque was a main port for Iowa, and then Kalina was, like, a main port for Illinois. So they'd bring stuff up on the river and dispense it out from there. But since they were going away from using steamboats, the town quit being used so much, so they quit taking care of the hotel because there wasn't money in it anymore because people weren't coming and staying there. So the hotel fell into disrepair, and it declined all of its use very very much however eventually um someone purchased the hotel and they applied for a grant and they um like updated the hotel yeah and so today it has been fully restored and the top two floors were removed because like of the stuff the fires and stuff that had happened it was easier for them to say let's just get rid of these top two floors. We don't need them. And then they installed private bathrooms in all of the rooms. Ooh, so they didn't have private bathrooms before? No. <laughs> so when they did, like, the big renovation, they added private bathrooms and all that stuff to every room, and they reopened it back up, and they've been using it as a hotel, and it has these massive dining rooms in it, so they have parties and stuff there all the time. Like... It's a really pretty place, and they have one of the um, dining rooms they've actually converted into a restaurant, so you can oh. go, yeah, so you can go and, like, eat there and stuff, too, so that's pretty cool. There's these huge, like, sweeping staircases, too, when you walk in, you walk past the lobby, and there's this big old, like, sweeping staircase that goes up into the upstairs. Um, it's just really pretty, like, you'll have to look up pictures of it and look at them. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I'll look right now. Aside from aside from all the nice new renovations that they made at the bathrooms, you can still, when you walk in and you see the staircase and you 
come to meet these guests who've never left. Um, it kind of helps keep the memory of the hotel's glory days alive. From everything that I've read, it seems that most of the building's hauntings occur on the third floor. Ooh, the third floor. A room on the third yeah. floor. There's a desk clerk that stated that they had never believed in paranormal activity until some of the experiences that she has witnessed and then stuff that she's heard of, like from guests and stuff that have stayed there. Her first experience that she, like, she only shared one of her own. So her first experience was actually with a cold chill that was followed by a bright ball of light that zoomed past her while she was working on the third floor late at night. And there was no explanation as to where the light could have possibly come from. Girl, hell fucking no. (laughs) And there, she said... I've always thought it'd be cool to experience something paranormal, paranormal, but then I'm like, hmm, do I want to experience something paranormal? Probably not. I feel the same way about it. Like, I feel like I'd be super scared if it happened, but at the same time, like, I don't know. But anyway, so... There have also been several guests who have reported to her that they had felt like someone had sat down on the edge of their bed, and each of these reports have come from the same room on the third floor of the hotel. So somebody somebody just coming to sit and read you a bedtime story? Yeah. So although the majority of the hauntings have occurred on the third floor, the lower level dining area actually has its very own ghost. So the employees have all reported sightings for years of a lady or of a ghost lady who's dressed in all black and like 1800s period clothing that comes walking down the stairs into the dining room and then disappears into a wall. Ooh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And then I guess in 2011, um, Galena suffered a flood that destroyed all of the drywall on the first floor. Mm-hmm. And... They were removing on the drywall and replacing it, and they found a brick wall behind the drywall in the area where the lady disappears. And in that brick wall is a doorway right there where she would, like, walk down the stairs and walk through that brick doorway. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, like, they didn't know it was there for until 2011. Um, but I guess that when they restored the area, like, after the flood... Instead of putting drywall up over the doorway, they actually kind of framed it with plexiglass. Mm-hmm. So you can see what the doorway looks like. Which you, There's pictures and stuff online. You'll have to look at that, too. Um, but then they added a sign above it that tells the a brief story about the lady in black. And it says, The lady in black, hidden since the 1800s and only discovered in July of 2011... This doorway marks the spot where the elusive lady in black has always been reported to disappear. Oh, so they, like, embrace the haunted part of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, none of the ghosts that are there are, like, violent in any way. But there's a lot of... They're, like, kind of benign. benign Yeah, but but there's a lot of activity that happens there, like, all the time. I think that staying in a hotel where, like, you know that a lot of important historical figures have stayed would give you like a big sense of awe. Like you'd be like blown away by the fact that, Hey, I'm staying here in this hotel where Abraham Lincoln stayed, where he gave a speech where like Ulysses S. Grant came here for parties, like all this stuff. Right. Like, right. It would be so cool. Like you'd be in awe of that. But then my question is, so did these people die in the hotel? 
they they very well could have. I don't know. Like they don't really know much about them. But like they could have died in fires. They could have died in the explosion. They could have. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, like I said, like I feel like you when you stay there, like it give you like this big sense of awe to be there. But then it's kind of creepy thinking about the fact that you'd be staying with people like that have never left there for hundreds of years. Like, um, so creepy. Like, so I wonder if that's like residual energy, them just sitting down on the side of the bed. Maybe not. Maybe. Or do you think they're aware of the fact that someone's there? Or do you think that's just like that residual energy, like them sitting down on the bed, like they're getting ready to go to yeah. bed? I don't know for sure. But I do have three encounter stories for you from people who have been there. These are my favorite encounter stories. Yes. So in 2012, um, this lady named Mary and her husband actually stayed at the DeSoto house for a couple of days. And Mary was actually sitting in the bed on her cell phone. And she thought that she had felt someone sit down on the bed next to her. But she was surprised when she looked up and there was nobody there. And then... Anyway, like, later that night, they were going to bed, and as she reached over towards the light to shut it off, the light actually went out on its own before she even touched the lamp itself. Oh, God. hmm And she said that they never heard any sounds or voices, but she is convinced that someone was definitely in the room with them when they stayed there. And then, in 2010, a woman named Lynn and her husband stayed there, um, and they witnessed a couple of strange events. So the first night, she turned the TV off manually, and it kept turning itself back on. It did it twice. Did she unplug it? Um, she didn't say in the thing, so I don't know. But like she had turned it off, she had turned it off twice, and it turned itself back on. So I mean, maybe she hit it again the third time, and it never came back on. Like I don't know. Maybe. But the second night that they were there, she woke up in the middle of the night and she could see a strange light like slowly moving around on the ceiling. And she said that it wasn't really like a ball of light, but it was more like a wave of light, like water reflecting off of water. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then my, my last one for you <clears throat> is from a lady named Christina who visited the DeSoto house one afternoon for a lunch with friends in 2015. And when she went there for lunch, she was actually not aware that the hotel was haunted in advance. While they were waiting for their lunches, Christina said that she felt something like brush against her cheek, but no one was near her at all. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) Yeah, and then while she was trying to figure out what possibly could have caused the mysterious sensation that she felt, it happened again but it was, like, on her collarbone um, area. And it's, she said that it caused her to laugh uncontrollably, which, is out <laughs> of, which was out of character for her. And it made her feel extremely uncomfortable. Speaking of feeling something touch you, the other day I was at work rinsing stuff off in the sink. Yeah. And I literally felt somebody, like, grab my ass. And I turned around, Ooh. and absolutely nobody was in the kitchen. I told you, it's that, was um, like, what was it that, was, that follows you around, that little spirit that 
You said it was my demon. <laughs> oh yeah, your your little demon that rapes you in the ass every time you bend over and it makes you drop things. <laughs> no, because they say girls that get fucked in the ass have fat asses, and what do I not have? An ass. Right. Well, that's it. That's all I got. Oh. Wow. First of all, let me just say while you were talking, I looked up pictures of this place and. Um, it looks fucking creepy. Yeah, I want to go stay there, like, so bad. So Like, it's I, so nice, but, like, it also just has that eerie look to it. So like, I think that, like, sometime when this whole BS quarantine bullshit is over, you and I and David should go, like, when he's going to have two days off, and we should just go up there and stay there for two nights so that we I can, completely like... completely agree, because David yeah. and I have the same corresponding days off. Yeah. So, like, I just have to request days off, and it'd be easy. But we could go up there and, like, go up and stay one night, and then, like, tour Galena all day long the next day, and then stay there again. And we need to give the spirits time to, like, see us and, like, be ready to, like, let us experience them, too. Yeah, because then we can take um, a Ouija board and some candles and... Have a seance in the room. And I think that when we make a reservation... David would be so pissed. <laughs> dude, we should make a reservation and, like, request a room on the third floor. Um, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Which, I want to know which room it is that they feel the person sit down on. Because that's the room we should re- request. Oh, that would be great. Right. Yeah, I think that would be really cool, and I think the place seems super creepy, and I'm all about it. So, you should actually, like, I say you because you're good at talking with people. You should call them sometime, not right now, obviously, but, like, talk to them about what we do, like, for our podcast, and ask them, like, if we can request that room specifically, and find a time to stay there, because sometimes places like that, if you're going to... um, do like basically give them business they'll let you stay there like no cost to you (laughs) that would be amazing yeah and yeah I would call and talk to people you know I would yeah and then you can find out like what it would cost for us to stay there for two nights and then we can save for it and yeah it'd be nice that sounds so fun yeah, I, I'm down for it. Like, I might not sleep that well, but I'm still down for it. Um, I love this idea for us, and I think it definitely needs to happen, and fuck this quarantine. So, I don't know, have you heard of the Cecil, I think that's how you expl- that's how you pronounce it, the Cecil Hotel in L.A.? No. So, do you remember, I know I've talked to you about it, the... Remember the story of, like, the people who were drinking the water and stuff and taking showers in the hotel, and they were like, it tastes bad, it smells bad, and there ended up being, like, a decomposing body in their water tank? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's the Cecil Hotel, and so the girl whose body was found in the water tank, because this is the hotel I thought about doing, she, so there's a video of her like, the surveillance video of her in the elevator, like, right before, like, the last footage of her. Okay, so 
I should send you a link to it, but literally she goes in this elevator and she's hitting all the buttons on the elevator. And then she keeps like putting her head back out of the elevator, like looking around like somebody's coming. And like literally she and she steps against the wall. So like the the wall as you walk in, like where the buttons are, she's like back against the wall like she's hiding from something. Oh, shit. And yeah. It's crazy because, I mean, the footage is on YouTube. Like, you can watch it. I sat and watched it with Sarah. We were on um, House Party yesterday. Yeah. And it was just, it's just bizarre. And then the next thing you know, they, they people are reporting this water tasting and smelling like fucking death. And, oh, it's because there's a decaying fucking body in the water source. Like... Can you imagine you, how, like, first of disgusting all, you, you would feel knowing you drank that? Like, Yes. I would literally oh. die of dysentery. I would be shitting myself and puking everywhere, and I would just die. That's so... Ugh. That's actually the hotel that the season American Horror Story Hotel is supposed to be, like, based off of. Mm-hmm. Because I guess a lot of, like, crazy stuff happens in that hotel, but... So that's another thing we could do is if we go to California on vacation, we could stay at the Cecil Hotel. Because there's literally no way this girl could have gotten into the water tank. There's no way. And it's just the way she's acting in this video is, like, so bizarre. I was just like, what is going on? What is she doing? Yeah. I mean, she very well could have been on drugs. People have tried to say that. But, like, the way she's acting... The only thing that makes me think it may have been drugs or not, I don't know, is she doesn't look scared. But also the video is very pixelated because, you know, like security footage is yeah. not the greatest. Yeah, she can't see her pretty... face very well. Yeah, but to me, she didn't look very scared. But she kept, like, looking out like someone was coming and was hiding. Like, that shit's crazy. Yeah. So anyone who doesn't believe in ghosts, watch that footage because it's crazy. I don't know. I just feel like, and she comes in and pushes all the buttons, is hiding against the wall, and then walks, like, steps out of the elevator and is, like, looking back and forth like she's looking for somebody. Steps back in, hides against the wall, steps back out, is looking around, steps back in, and then, like, starts pushing all the buttons again. I don't know. Hmm. It's just crazy. But yeah, so um, I know we're on quarantine, but I am going up to see Sarah on the 25th. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, I miss her so much. I when she, I didn't even know she was leaving until Cinco de Mayo, and that's when I was like, um, bitch, you better come give me a fucking bear hug before you leave, before I never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the day I found out she was going to, but like we were playing um, or had been playing Fortnite and stuff together a lot there right before she went back to go to school. Of course, now apparently where she's at, they don't have internet. So yeah, I'm really excited to go stay with her though, because I shit you not, Jennifer, probably half a mile away. She was, we were video chatting yesterday. There's a graveyard like in her yard. Ooh. Yes, I told her, I was like, I can't wait to come because we are fucking going exploring. We are going to find some shit. She doesn't want me to bring the Ouija board, though, because she said she has to stay there by herself, and she doesn't want me scaring her. 
Well, it's not scary. Well, listen to this. She told me the other night she fell asleep on the couch because she feels weird, like, sleeping in the bed without Jonathan because she's been so used to, like, sleeping next to him all the time. And she's like, so I just passed out on the couch. And she's like, and I know for a fact I turned the light in the hallway off when I laid down because it was bothering me. And she woke up in the morning and the light was on. That makes me think of when when mom lived in that condo in Lake Forest and the, the realtors and stuff were showing the house all the time. And I still remember, like, going out and, like, turning the lights off in the bedroom and closing all the blinds because I wanted to take a shower. And then when I got out of the shower, the lights were on and the windows were open. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Turned out they'd come in and shown someone the house while I was in the shower. Awkward. It's like a dirty fucking turd that fell out of a homeless person's ass but I don't mind <laughs> I don't look much better I haven't washed my hair since I dyed it two days ago so right now I just have like my bangs twisted back and my hair pulled up <laughs> I washed my hair yesterday for the first time in like five days I'm not criticizing because I've definitely done that before I finally got my makeup from Sephora I saw that on your um snap yeah, $150 for face moisturizer, setting powder, foundation, and concealer. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of those things I probably spend like 50 on. <laughs> well, I will say if you want a really good high coverage um, foundation that's not expensive, if you order from Beauty Creations, their um, medium to full coverage foundation is really good. It's kind of... Um, warm toned like yellow but I figured out like it kind of helps with like the discoloration and stuff well it's like so. the um that BB cream that I use as my concealer it's kind of yellow also but it makes does the same thing like it makes my skin tone look more even because I'm starting to get like age spots on my cheeks liver spots yeah ew <laughs> I know I just old hate age. the word liver spots. Or old the term old liver spots. age is coming for me, Emily. It's coming for me hard like a goddamn bus. Listen, <laughs> I fucking got, um, what's it called? Ret, ret, uh, ret, the retinoid, whatever. The retinoid cream? Yeah, for my eyes. I've been putting it <laughs> under my eyes. And even though it says just to use it under your eyes, I put it on my fucking eyelids, too, because I'm starting to get those bob hoods. <laughs> So I'm just like, fucking put this all over my face. And it's crazy because as it dries, you can feel it, like, tightening your skin. So that's what you need for those bags. Mm, probably. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we should sign off. We should get out of here. Yeah, especially if you're going to come love on my cat. I am. I'm going to come love on her so much, so hard, because I love her. <laughs> so do I. Okay, everybody, make sure you tune in next Friday for our next episode, two episodes away from the end of season two. Yes. I'm really excited for the things that are coming for season three, and you guys should be too. It's yes, secret, you, def you definitely should be excited. And next week, we have a special guest that I'm super excited about, and so should you. Yes. So, again, check out the PFPN, Prescribed Films Podcast Network, um, www.thepfpn.com. Um, check us out on Facebook. Give us a like. We're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, 
where else? We have an email address. You can email us. It's um, beautyinthescreams at gmail.com. I'm trying to think. Do we have anything else? Oh, I can't think of anything right now. Well, I do want to say everybody needs to go check out Jennifer's Etsy because she is a great artist. And obviously from her moon reading, what was it called? Moon reading? Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, from her mood reading, she's going to be a world-renowned artist because she already should be. So go check her out. Um, We'll include her link to her Etsy in the bio for our episode yeah and yeah thank you for coming back every week our listening group gets bigger and we appreciate you we appreciate you so much and knowing that you enjoy us even though we're probably super annoying (laughs) come at me i'm the funniest bitch i know probably the funniest bitch i know too i know i'm the funniest bitch you know Besides maybe grandma, but she's not a bitch. She's just she's just funny. But anyway, yeah, we're getting out of here. So make sure you come back. Make sure to email us if you want to do anything you want. Just love us forever. Reach out, send love. We'll send it back. Yep. And if you're interested, like even if you're somebody we don't particularly know very well, if you're interested in being on the show, send us an email. We can start talking. Set something up. Yeah, send us an email or hell if you know us personally. Like, send us messages on Facebook if you want. Like, we're down. We're down for whatever. We're down for whatever. Yep, that's the truth. (laughs) Any hoodle noodle chicken poodle. We're getting out of here. So, keep it real and keep it funky. Yeah, keep it real funky. Toodaloo, motherfuckers.